2: And thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Women to Watch. My name is Susan Rocco, and I come into the studio every week and have the pleasure of sitting down with some wonderful women from the Philadelphia area. Um, for today's show, we're, we're, I'm excited, we're going to be talking um, about health and wellness. And my guest this afternoon is the lovely Danielle Gray, and she is the owner of Restore Chiropractic. Welcome to the studio.
1: Thanks for having me today. I'm
2: happy to be here. I'm glad you were able to come in. Um, The beginning of the show is always the same, and I always um, get right into with my guests a little bit about their background story and uh, where, where they grew up and where they went to school. So we were discussing earlier Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about your younger years?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I always start with Pittsburgh. Uh, and if someone is familiar with the Pittsburgh area, then I let them know that I'm from Latrobe, Pennsylvania and, um, grew up there and went t- to undergrad at Penn State. Okay. And after I finished my undergraduate degree in management information systems, um, uh, I basically took off as my parents said, and my mom had to keep, uh, keep my address in pencil for many a years because I traveled quite a bit. Oh, did and, you? Um, yeah. Over, um, at one point it was 13 different cities in seven countries. Wow. Um, wow. most of that was for six months at a time in different places because I was an IT consultant, but, um, We could know. spend a whole show talking about all the different <laughs> places you went. Yeah, exactly. But, um, and, uh, but I, I moved back to Pennsylvania almost three years ago, um, after being in California, um in San Francisco for 4 years.
2: Okay. Tell me a little bit about your family. Do you have siblings? I
1: I do. Yes. I'm the oldest and uh I have a younger sister who's uh, a physician, a pulmonary critical care physician in the Allentown area and a younger brother in uh Charlotte. Okay. You're a yes. middle middle child? I'm like, the oldest.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. You're the oldest. Mm-hmm. You're the oldest. And um, can you tell me about your high school years? What what types of activities were you involved in while you were in high school? Oh gosh, it was so long ago. Uh, I was I was. <laughs> You're you know, not I,
1: that at all. It seems like so long ago. <laughs> you know, I was. It's funny because I was always the the business person uh, in my family growing up and in high school. And so uh, I was I was also involved in sports a lot. I uh, I played basketball. I played volleyball. I kept score for the boys' baseball team. Um, have always been a huge sports enthusiast, um, especially in school. And uh, through some, some teachers encouraging me, really got interested in computers. Okay. And uh, enjoyed computer programming and, and that aspect of things. And so that's why I decided to... Uh, pursue a degree in management information systems. Whenever I was at uh, at Penn State, so, okay, uh,
2: yeah, which which is so different from what you're doing um, today, which is why I you know I like to talk yeah. about that. What your aspirations were when you were younger, yep. and you're um, you're saying that it was more of a business field and
1: always business, always uh, systems oriented. My mom often tells the story that um, I I would often run away from home, apparently, and. Um, <laughs> Would would um, sell you know steal tomatoes from my dad's garden and sell them down the street. I was I always, always very entrepreneurial, doing different things. Um, they often found me at the candy store down at the corner, uh, you know, with the money that I would make or have or give as a gift, and and uh, and be down at the candy store spending that. But I was always always involved in some sort of business. It seemed. That's so. So yeah, it couldn't be. More different, really, than, uh, than than becoming a chiropractor. Right.
2: Now, uh, your mom, did she work outside the house? She did. She was a
1: registered nurse. And, okay. Um, and she worked a lot of nights um, whenever we were growing up so that there would always be somebody at home. So she worked very hard for us, um, and uh, I'm happy to report that she is now retired. And I, if... Memory serves me correctly. She retired the day that my sister had finished medical school. So, oh really? Um, but yeah, she she had always worked, and I'm happy to know that she's enjoying her retirement now. That um, all of her hard work for us to be able to do whatever we wanted to do. That's right. Um, she's able to enjoy some of that. That's now. great. That's yeah.
2: great. And are, is she doing some traveling, or what is she going to do in her you know with her time now?
1: They they travel uh, quite a bit. They're actually uh, come out to see my sister and I uh, quite a bit because it's you know four hours away. It's much easier than it was when I lived in California and all over. All over the place, although they got to travel uh, to a lot of the the places that I lived at that time. Um, But my sister got married last year, and and they are um, expecting their first child in April. And so Um, those um, activities have been keeping my mom uh, busy. Right, right.
2: Just to kind of enjoy life and and enjoy what's happening with the children is really... uh
1: what it should be at that age. Exactly, exactly. And she's been a tremendous help with my office as well. She does a lot of the things behind the scenes for me that um, have been extraordinarily helpful, in addition to, obviously, the moral support. But she's done a lot of, um, she's very artistic and has um, painted paintings for the walls. She's um, made curtains. She helps me with a lot of um, different pieces of the office that are um, really important and and it uh, has been extraordinarily helpful. So yeah, that's, that's been great. wonderful.
2: Um, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about your years um, working in, with the software company? What was that like for you?
1: It was uh, it was fascinating. I loved it, and and I loved it up until the day that I um, decided to go to, to chiropractic school. It, um, I I loved the the problem solving aspect of it, and sort of the uh, it being black or white. The code either works or it doesn't work. Um, and where I really had my success was in communicating or sort of being the liaison between the extremely technical people and the, the, um, strategists or the business development. Um, and so I really enjoyed that whole process and enjoyed building the systems that were, uh, we were able to help people to be more efficient with whatever it was that they were doing. So, um, I always found it very interesting, interesting and fascinating. And you can see a lot of that, um, in my office today, you know, I'm very sure much enjoy to the ex- systems and the logistics and the process. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because, yeah.
2: you know, we all have to have a website and you have to, you know, be involved in social media and uh, and all that good stuff. So your background, you know, with technology, I'm sure, is helpful. It's been very basis. helpful.
1: And, and the business background, you know, I often said I wish that I knew that I wanted to become a chiropractor when I was younger so that I, you know, um, would have been able to pursue it at an earlier age. But it really was a blessing in disguise to have all of the experiences that I've had. Um, and really be a patient first Um, but you know that business background has been uh, hugely beneficial to um, opening the practice and being able to have the practice run on a daily basis
2: right now tell me I know that um, one of the uh, events in your life that kind of um, spurred your thought about chiropractic is um, an accident that you had surfing Mm -hmm. can you tell us about that
1: I'll I'll tell you a funny piece of that first and I know that we're on radio so no one can really imagine what it would be like but um, Uh, we were living in San Diego at the time, um, in between while we were, uh, consulting and, uh, started surfing every day, picked up, uh, surfing and absolutely loved it. I surfed a longboard. And you know, you can see that my hair is very long right now, but I cut it off um, and had short, spiky, platinum blonde hair because I was surfing every day. So. Now, I
2: can't <laughs> picture that at all. <laughs> I'll show you,
1: I, I will show you a picture someday. I still refuse to post it on Facebook, but I might have to after, after this discussion. But, um, so I, you know, I was, I just absolutely have always loved the water and loved the ocean and, uh, was surfing every day. And the accident, um, I, Took a wave probably a little bigger than I should have, and um, it was really a freak accident, and my board actually hit me in the low part of my back and knocked the feeling out of my legs in mm-hmm. the water. Wow. Um, and so I had some trouble getting out of the water, and, and uh, my friends that I was surfing with I don't think understood the you know seriousness of, you know, I was able to get myself off to the shore, but um, really had to be helped into the car and went to the emergency room, and um, Luckily, everything was seemingly fine, and they gave me some, uh, gave me a prescription, and, and by the next day, I was okay and, and was walking again.
2: Did you have, you know, was there a bruise there? Did they, they feel that was, you know, a significant bruising that happened? Or? It, it
1: was definitely bruised, and they took some x-rays to make sure that I didn't, uh, you know, injure my kidneys or anything along those right, lines, right. and um, everything checked out to be fine. But within two weeks, I started to have um, some numbness in my pinky. And very, very quickly, it progressed into my entire left side of my body was either numb or tingling or weak. And I had severe neck pain and started with really intense headaches that would actually encompass the whole left side of the back of my neck and wrap up around my eye and my face. And and really, for two years, I never associated the surfing accident with... What was going that on? That was my
2: question. Did you attribute it to that right away? Just knowing that you had just had an accident.
1: No, because I didn't really understand how completely connected the body was. Right. And right. so, how could possibly getting a surfboard in the low part of your back create this entire, um, you know, global problem all on the left side? And so, um, it actually took me years until I actually until I associated it, and and finally actually went back and looked at the dates. I remember the day that the pinky, um, the, that the numbness and tingling started, uh, and so I went back and looked at the date of the accident from the going to the emergency room, and that was when I discovered that it was within two weeks, and so was really shocked at once I understood what really happened, and, you know, really creating a whiplash effect, um, I think, whenever I was in the water, and the impact of hitting the water is what really triggered it. Right. Yeah.
2: Now, talk a little bit about, so so for two years, you were um, trying to manage the pain, and mm-hmm. trying to determine what was wrong. And uh, what kinds of things did you go through in order to do that? I'm assuming several different doctors and different tests
1: and x-rays. I, I tried just about everything. Um, you know, I, I tried everything from seeing a neurologist. I know that they tested me at one point for MS. Um, I've, I have had MRIs. I had CAT scans. Um, I had a lot of, you know, test after test after test and, and was told repeatedly, we don't see anything, you know, sort of inferring from time to time that it was probably just in my head or I'd just have to live with it. Um, I eventually started to really look at, um, at one point I remember getting, uh, I was going weekly for a massage and I went every Friday so that I'd feel okay through the weekend and then it kind of would pick up, pick back up again. And so I just sort of lived with it. There, there wasn't a flashing bullseye that was indicating the amount of pain that I was in. Um, and how it was impacting me because I was still functional. It wasn't, I wasn't paralyzed and I wasn't able to not use my arms or legs or anything along those lines. But it was really constantly there in right. um, and, and two years trying to figure out what was going on. And,
2: and, and you know, that's what we do. Uh, as, you know, when you are able to function and go about your day mm-hmm. and, and your job, but you're suffering every day, um, it has a huge impact on you emotionally did that occur?
1: Well, yeah. And absolutely not just with me emotionally, but your health affects everyone around you. It affects your, your close family. It affects your friends. It affects people at work. It affects your community. And, and I think oftentimes people don't realize that. And a lot of the patients that I have come into my office are in very much the same way. They say, you know, people don't realize how um, awful I felt whenever I came in here and the impact that it was having on relationships with people. Right. So. Yeah, it absolutely did. It absolutely did.
2: And not only that, it, it kind of zaps your motivation. So you're, you're declining to do things that you probably would have done had mm-hmm. you felt 100%. Right. Now, uh, tell me who you, who did you reach out to when you started to contemplate um, leaving the um, the IT field and going into chiropractic? Did you speak to somebody to to kind of um, get support number one and advice on what to do? You know, what's that first step when you're going from one field like that to another?
1: Um, well, uh, I didn't. Ex- I didn't so much ask as I was told that I was going to chiropractic school is really really how the the story unfolded. I, I started to see a chiropractor, um, and I was a huge skeptic. I will tell you, I I went kicking and screaming, um, and. An MD friend of mine actually said, you need to go see my chiropractor. And I said, there's no way I'm going to do that. And, and he said to me simply, what else are you going to do? Nothing else has worked, so, you know, might as well try. And so that started me on a path of within two weeks, the symptoms went away. And um, I just became fascinated by the whole thing because I had grown up and, and with a traditional allopathic medicine family. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it completely altered my, what I had previously thought. Right. And to speed the story up a little bit, um, of seeing a chiropractor, then, um, you know, I had to go multiple times a week in order to be able to stay out the stay out of the pain with a type of chiropractic that I was um, that I was using. Uh, but the chiropractor that I started to see when I was living in Atlanta, Georgia, and and funny enough, I picked him out of the um, out of the the um, ads or the, the listings of a magazine because he had um, three bulldogs, English bulldogs in his <laughs> ad. And I have, I had two bulldogs at the time and thought, well, that qualifies him as much as anything that I'm, that I'm going to go. But he and I became friends and I was spending a lot of time in the office because again, I was just fascinated by how this was possible and what was going on. And at one point he said, you need to get to chiropractic school. And I told him, there's no way I'm too old. I will never go back to school and not do it. And somehow, three and a half weeks later, I was in school. And is that,
2: do you think that's because of, you were probably asking a lot of questions. Yeah. You were curious. You were fascinated. You you didn't just take, you know, uh, the treatments and and do what you were told to do, but you were jumping in.
1: Yeah. I just, how, how is this possible? How does this work? What's going on? Why didn't I know about it before? Um, Why didn't anyone tell me? Um, a lot of those types of, of questions and, and, you know, he, that's what he said to me. He said, you have got to go to school and become a chiropractor so that you can help other people understand that, that, you know, there is hope and that they don't have to suffer in pain, you know, oftentimes without anyone knowing about it and, right. and they, you don't have to be told that you just have to live with it.
2: Right. It's another alternative. Why, you know, right. if, if you've gone the, the traditional route, why not try something that, um, you know, it might surprise you. Exactly. Tell me um, about chiropractic school. What does what does that entail? How long how long do you have to go, and what types of um, what what's the coursework like?
1: G- great question. For for those of us with a um, a business background and a, an, an IT degree, I had to actually go back and get prerequisites. Um, so I had to go back and take biologies and chemistries and organic uh, chemistry take physics classes, I had to get a lot of, um, of the basic sciences because whenever I was at Penn State, I think I took astronomy and um, oceanography and things that were interesting because it, you know the, the science background wasn't as important then. So I had to go right. back and get prerequisites first. And then I went um, out to San Francisco for a chiropractic school and uh, spent three and a half years um, in the doctorate program to, to become a chiropractor.
2: Okay. Is that the yeah. typical length of time, three and a
1: half years? It can be done in three Um, and but I, it was important for me to be able to work, um, which I, don't, um, suggest that anyone tries working while they're in chiropractic school, even if they do three and a half, um, years, but it was important that I needed to be able to work and have that time. So I took the three and a half year program, which is what most people do, but it can be done in three.
2: Were you working in the field of chiropractic or were you just working to to pay the rent while you were going to school?
1: I was doing, I was doing both. I actually ended up working for the upper cervical, um, specialist, um, which is the type of chiropractic that I practice. I, I basically followed him everywhere for that time that I was out there. So I helped him with his Offices, um, and then I, interestingly enough, combined both my um, IT background um, with the chiropractic interest and uh, did um, some sales for a chiropractic software program. Oh, great, that's a great yeah. great way to so, learn a
2: little bit more about the other side of
1: it. Yeah, it was great. So I was able to constantly be talking with chiropractors, seeing how they were running their practice, seeing what worked, what didn't work, and so it was a, a fantastic way for me to be able to use um, both skill sets and. Right. And, uh, and you know. and get a
2: business degree at the yeah. same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So how did you decide to come back and um, open your practice on the East Coast?
1: Well, I had you know, pretty much took off the day after I uh, finished with undergrad. And um, you know, San Francisco is a long way from, uh, from Pennsylvania, and I'm very close with my family. And it was, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to get to see them as often as we would have liked. And it just kind of woke up one day, and just, it was just time to come home. Yeah, And so um, my sister's only 45 minutes away now, which is really great. And so my parents are always coming over, and my brother gets up as often uh, as he can Yeah, as well. So it was, you know, I was ready to open my own practice and knew that I wanted to do so. Um, and like I said, just woke up one day and, and sort of realized that it was time to, to come back closer to home. Right. So. Philadelphia was an accident, though. That was That's another interesting twist of the story. I was fully planning on opening my practice in Washington, D.C. Okay, and, so... Uh, ha- what happened? Uh, luckily, I, I met someone that introduced me to the area and, and fell in love with it. And, and you know, people laugh all the time, but I never gave Philadelphia a chance simply because of the sports teams. You know, everyone knows that I'm a huge <laughs> Pittsburgh a rival. fan. Oh, yeah. I know it. I so know I it. So I just immediately, you know, dismissed ever living in Philadelphia. And once I got here, I realized how beautiful it was and, and uh, really enjoyed the people that I was meeting. And there wasn't an upper cervical chiropractor in the area. Now, that's um, key. At the time. That's great. Yeah.
2: That's great. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that in the, in, uh, the second half of the show. Sure. Um, so how did you go about finding your first couple of patients? Where did you start to do that?
1: Well, it actually started with, I uh, was actually starting to look for space um, right. out in the Wayne area and um, came across a business called Bring Balance, who is now my neighbor. So um, uh, went walked in and introduced myself to them because I knew about their work. And and, um, they work with uh, children on the autistic spectrum. They work with kids with ADD, ADHD. And um, walked in and introduced myself because um, oftentimes it's chiropractors that own um, those businesses. And we got to talking and let him know about my specialty and what I was doing and that I was in the area. And he actually called about a week later and said that he had a patient for me. And I didn't have any space at the time. <laughs> so um, we, but we Open worked up at the front door of your home. You know, well, and, and, you know, I, 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 um, I did house calls um, for the first six months um, because, you know, I got introduced in, in that child was really in need of, um, of the work that I do. And um, her mom had just had a baby. And so it was made it real easy for me to do house calls. And, and I saw them in some other locations. Um, luckily, what I do is relatively portable. And so yeah. that's how the first patient came and then you know ever since then it's really been one person at a time getting out and talking with people and educating them about um, the benefits of upper cervical chiropractic work
2: right and what was the outcome of that child
1: oh she's thriving yeah Um, she she went from um, and I still see her today we we check her periodically every four to six weeks she was um, she was not developing physically as quickly um, as you know her family was hoping Mm -hmm. um and was having some challenges in in that realm and uh, happy to report now she's skiing black diamonds she's on the swim team um you know earning ribbons and and she's she's constantly involved in activities and so she's thriving um in every aspect and it's just absolutely wonderful to be able to see that yeah Yeah.
2: how rewarding so much of of what you do is you know you're you're really helping people and you can see results yes yes um Tell me quickly, is, was there anything, you know, it takes a lot of courage to um, start your own business and mm-hmm. be an entrepreneur. And I'm wondering if there was any uh, anything that ever held you back a little bit, any struggles that you had um, personally that, you know, kind of made you second guess. Or did you just say, I can do it and I'm going to go out and do it?
1: Fortunately, I, uh, I started – I, I've been self-employed since 1999, I believe, um, because I eventually went out and um, was doing independent contracting and doing consulting work on my own mm-hmm. uh, at that point. And so, um, and I've had several other businesses since then. And, you know, some have been hugely successful and some have been big failures. Um, but Which I think where that we learn. Right. And, that, and that's exactly it, although we don't always see that at the time. Right. Um, looking back on it, I know that I needed to go through all of those experiences in order to be able to get where I am, um, today. So, um, you know, yeah, there's, there's have definitely been some doubts and worries and anxiety along the way, but what you just talked about and, and the, what I'm able to see, um, through the people that I'm able to help through chiropractic makes it all worth it. And, and some of the best advice that I got when I was in chiropractic school, if you just stay focused on your patients and take care of them, um, everything else will fall into place
2: yeah yeah that's yeah. wonderful um we're going to take a little break for our sponsors and we'll come back and talk all about restore and, and the services that you offer great
0: from willow grove to westchester Pottstown to philadelphia it's news talk 1180 wfyl
2: is your online store cluttering your house and garage with your product Does it require you to spend all your free time shipping packages, leaving you no time to work with new customers or develop new marketing initiatives? Now is the time to free up your space and time and let ABC Fulfillment provide you with cost-effective warehousing, order processing, and shipping for your products. Our 20,000-square-foot warehouse is conveniently located in Amber, PA, ABC Fulfillment is a 100% woman-owned and operated business and has helped many small and mid-sized businesses solve their warehousing and order processing problems. We pride ourselves on our attention to detail as well as our excellent customer service. When you call us, you will always speak with someone who can help you solve your problem and not be asked to leave a message. Our personal touch and expertise separates us from the rest. Last year, we shipped over 150,000 packages for our customers, including order processing and shipping for the Jill Steels and Deals segment of the Today Show, saving our customers both time and money. If you would like to spend more time finding new products to sell, reaching new customers, and marketing your products, now is the time to call ABC Fulfillment. Please call 215-628-3123 and ask for Eileen or Lisa to help you get started.
3: At Bluebell Physical Therapy, our goal is to get you back in the game, back to work, and back to your normal way of life. Our highly respected team provides preventative and rehabilitation services from everyday physical and occupational therapy to post-operative rehab of your knees, shoulders, or spine. Bluebell Physical Therapy focuses on achieving each patient's maximum level of recovery. Bluebell Physical Therapy, the treatment you need for the therapist you trust.
2: Want your home to look great for company from out of town, moving to a new place, or just want the satisfaction of a clean, healthy home? Whatever your reason, everybody needs to clean. So why not choose the line of cleaning tools that makes your task easier? Quickie is your one-stop cleaning solution with everything you need to get the job done right. Whether you're cleaning one room or the whole house, Quickie has the right tool for you. It doesn't matter if you prefer a more traditional mop and bucket, or if you'd like to save time with a new Quickie spray mop. Quickie has everything you need to get the job done. Founded in Philadelphia 60 years ago, Quickie's commitment to quality and value have helped it grow into the number one cleaning tool company in America. It's Quickie and it's clean. Look for Quickie products at Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmart, ShopRite, and other fine retailers near you. What woman out there is not tired of the department store shopping experience, unkept dressing rooms, no customer service, and never being able to find the right size? This is your answer. Come shop with us. We are Best Dressed, and we are the most exciting new way to shop the beautiful private label of W by Worth. If you're tired of wearing only 20% of your clothing 80% of the time, wardrobe building is a must, and we can show you how to do that and save money. Best Dressed is a business that offers a luxury brand of clothing that will forever be in your closet and always your favorite thing to wear. For the absolute best customer service, Easy purchasing and returns, personal custom fitting, and shopping when it's most convenient for you. Please contact Best Dressed at two one five two six six five six eight zero and be sure to view the spring collection at wbyworth.com. Are you a startup nonprofit wondering how to get the word out and raise money? Are you a small business looking to form partnerships with community causes? You may even be a corporation looking to establish a community giving arm or foundation. We can help in all of these situations and do so beginning with a free consultation. Events with a Purpose is a boutique business devoted to helping both nonprofits and for profits with their charitable goals. We can help you with one event or consult on an ongoing basis. We specialize in events, fundraising, and corporate philanthropy and do so by offering flexible payment options. Resolve to make this the year to make a difference, and let Events with a Purpose help you get started. You can view all of our information at eventswithapurpose.net, on our Facebook page, and by following us on Twitter as well. Please call Jennifer Robinson at 215-266-8335, or email jennifer at eventswithapurpose.net for a free consultation today.
0: News Talk 1180 WFYL streaming live at 1180WFYL.com
2: We are back in the studio um, today with Danielle Gray who is owner of Restore Chiropractic and my name is Susan Rocco and I'm here every week hosting Women to Watch on WFYL 1180. Um, We're gonna I think it's important that we get right into the controversy um, that seems to surround chiropractic and um, some of the skepticism that that is out there. Mm -hmm. Um, So why don't you talk to that a little bit and and, um, update the listeners on on what really the findings are now as of today?
1: Well, I I think it's an important topic to be discussed because I think that's where a lot of the skepticism comes into play, uh, absolutely, And, and really... Within the medical community, and you know, this is this is my opinion, but it's really a matter of training um, and the exposure that our medical practitioners of all different realms um, have within their training and their education, and what the options are. And um, you know, I think that that's where a lot of the controversy starts. And you know, it is a vastly different approach. It's it's um, looking at it oftentimes with going from inside out versus outside in. And, and what the philosophy is from there. Um, with that said, uh, well, and, and, and a second piece of it, not just from the medical community coming uh, as far as the controversy, but also within um, patient experiences. You know, There are over 40 to 50 different types of chiropractic um, approaches um, that are available. And if someone goes in to see a chiropractor that might not be the best suited for them at the time and doesn't have the best experience, then that could give them a negative impact, um, or a negative, um, thought about what chiropractic is. And so one of the things that I really do is work really hard within the, my colleagues, my chiropractic colleagues, is I refer out a lot. If I, if I don't feel that I'm the best person to help uh, someone that walks into my office, that I'm going to find them the right person. Which is um, real.
2: Yes. If you're not seeing results, you're not just going to keep doing the same thing in order to get, you know, to keep somebody coming to see you. Yeah, uh, it's, it's yeah.
1: more important for me to be able to get them the help that they need so that we can get their lives back and get their health restored than it is for me to have another patient come in. And, and oftentimes I don't even start treatment um, with a particular patient. I, I have worked really hard to build a great network of people that I trust, both um, within the chiropractic community, within other complementary and alternative medicine um, realms, and also within... Uh, MDs and DOs and physical therapists and, and other medical practitioners so that we're getting people the help that they really need.
2: Right. I, I think often um, with anything, skepticism often goes back to the very beginning. And I, mm-hmm. I, I just found it kind of interesting. Um, uh, there's a mention on your website about the founders, 1895, is that mm-hmm. when you know, chiropractic came to be? Mm-hmm. And these this particular father and son um, were... Um, kind of, um, what's the word? Their personalities were a little bit charismatic and eccentric. eccentric. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So right off the bat, there was probably a stigma about this type of therapy due to the fact that these two gentlemen, um, were a little bit out there in their thinking.
1: So, yeah, well, and, you know, I think anytime someone's thinking out of the box, um, it's going to be, um forget what the, uh, the the pattern is is you know first people um, downplay it or they they're skeptical about it and then you know it goes through this progression until it's actually accepted right. um, within within the community and I'm sure that that was the case Um the way that I like to think about it is I, I know that I'm on the right track with something if there's controversy around it, um, you know, because chiropractors are still here and I see what I'm seeing in my office every every single day. And so, um, you know, I take that as definitely a good sign. You know, the, and the other big piece of it, and, and I think what a lot of a lot of people are always asking me for research, where's the research in chiropractic? There is a significant amount of research out there, but when you're trying to compare that to traditional medical research, it's, it's like trying to compare apples to oranges, um, it's it's very difficult for us, for chiropractors, to be able to set up a, a double-blind placebo-based control study. It's very difficult to um, mimic an adjustment without a patient understanding what it is. Now, we are making, um, there's some tremendous research out there that has been done within that realm. But a lot of the chiropractic research is, is case studies and experiences and reporting of patients' progress. And, and that's where our research stands. The other big piece of it is that we aren't funded in the same way as um, MD community right, might right. be, and and that's a big piece of it as well. I had a conversation with a patient about that yesterday. If we had more funding, we'd be able to to provide more research, um, right?
2: And that that will probably come in time.
1: I think it is, and it certainly is more and more. There's in one of the studies that I was thinking of when I brought that up is um, a recent study. I think it was published in 2010. Uh, regarding the comparison between um, two blood pressure medications combined versus upper cervical chiropractic work. It was conducted at um, a medical school in Illinois. And so we are starting to see that, and, and that's wonderful to be able to have that type of published research available. Right, right, mm-hmm. and that support.
2: Um, I think it might be helpful for the listeners. I read a simple sentence on your website that says what chiropractic is all about, mm-hmm. and and when you know that, then everything else that you'll be dis- you'll be talking about will kind of make sense. And it, and basically, it said that chiropractic is reducing compromises to the nervous system. Mm-hmm. Now, to me, that makes a lot of sense because, as you said, and and you can talk to how the um, you know our spinal cord is, um, you know attached to everything and affects everything. Mm-hmm. So I- explain that a little bit about just the simplicity of what chiropractic is.
1: Well, your nervous system controls everything. It controls every cell organ tissue in your body. It controls every function um, that your body performs, whether it's wiggling your toes or your digestive system or your heart beating or being able to move your arms. Um, your nervous system controls that. It's the electrical wiring of your entire body. Chiropractors are doctors of the nervous system. Um, that's really, truly where... Um, what a chiropractor is, and and I often joke with my patients that if the nervous system was completely housed in the big toe, that's where I would be working. <laughs> right. But the reality yes. is, is the the spine is what protects your spinal cord and what protects the 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 main um, pathways of your nervous system. Right,
2: and and that's key to talk. It's the nervous system. It's not the back. You know, no. the back that you know people I think probably had a misconception of. If why would the you know the working of my back help me with the pain in my leg, it's not the back, it's the nervous
1: system. It's the nervous system, and, and when the back is misaligned, specifically in the, in the upper neck area, it can put pressure within the nervous system, and it's, it's not it, most of the time it's not a bone on nerve type of a situation, which is what a lot of um, people might think, but it's just simply changing the pressure within the function of the nervous system, and, and it, it creates chaos in the brain body communication. And that's why chiropractors work on the back and why I specifically work in the neck is to simply correct those structural misalignments so that we can free up the interference that's on the nervous system that oftentimes wreaks havoc in the body.
2: Right. Let, let's talk about exactly the, the technique that you uh, do and, mm-hmm. and what it is that you focus on mm-hmm. in your practice.
1: I'm, I'm an upper cervical specialist. There's um, less than a thousand doctors in the country that do this type of work. And I focus exclusively on adjusting the top two bones in the neck. Now, I have patients that come into my office that we have worked with sciatica. We've worked with, I have a, a, a significant number of, of low back patients, um, people with heel pain and calf pain and knee pain. But I only ever work in the neck. And the reason is, is because that's where the transition from the brain to the brainstem to the rest of the spinal cord is located. So literally nerves from your toes all have to travel up. I. I like to think of it as emerging on of a highway as your nerves are kind of traveling up towards your head. Your nerves and your toes have to go through those top two bones in your neck in order to be able to connect the brain. That's the connection. And we don't have a wireless nervous system, if you will, right? <laughs> right Everything right. has to be connected. Um, and so if one of those top two bones is misaligned, it can wreak havoc throughout the entire, the entire body. Now, the significance of those top two bones is that they're the most freely movable in, in the entire spine. And if one of them is misaligned, the body has something that's called the writing reflex. And that is that the body is always trying to keep itself level with the horizon, trying to keep itself balanced. And so if there's a misalignment in the head or in the upper neck area, it can start causing things like your one shoulder to come up higher than the other, which will maybe then shift your hips and make one leg appear to be shorter. And if you imagine that, what that does to compromise the pathways, if you will, of the nervous system of that brain-body communication, that's where dis-ease comes into play. And again, it just goes back to the function of the nervous system.
2: Now, so in other words, if you have a patient that comes in, whatever their complaint or pain, chronic pain might be or condition, um, and you use your technique and work on that area and don't see results will you attempt something else or is that when you refer out uh, maybe to somebody else? That's when
1: I would refer out to someone else if I don't see results, but you know um, it is very rare. Once you allow the body to be able to function as it is intended um, that we don't see some results, but absolutely if I'm not seeing once we get that alignment into place um, Mm -hmm. you know, if I'm not seeing someone's knee progress quite like we want to, or if I'm not seeing other health, um, uh, health challenges resolving, then we're going to look somewhere else. A you know, perfect example I have is a I had a nine-year-old patient that came in to see me um, about a year or so ago, and we made tremendous progress with her. She was very stiff all the time. She had troubles running. She had asthma. She had a lot of skin issues. Um, she was just a really sick little girl, and, and we got her so far. We made some tremendous progress with her, but there was still a piece that we couldn't um, figure out, and I sent her to a, um, an MD that I often refer to, in the area and we did some allergy testing and some food sensitivity testing and got her off of uh, wheat and gluten and she is thriving now the the things that we really couldn't get her um past in working together with someone else in the community, we were able to get her where she needed to be. Now, had she maybe tried something else before that, before coming to me and that brain body communication wasn't where it needed to be, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe the results wouldn't have been as great, but we got her, her structure and her foundation where it needed to be so that once we started looking at other different types of approaches, she's now thriving and that's that's what's most important.
2: Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, Let's talk. There's, there's many conditions, um that your work can help. Mm-hmm. Um it's not again, not just back pain. Um it, people who suffer with migraines, um allergies, paresthesia, mm-hmm. um fibromyalgia, which some uh, many people still don't know what that is. Can you talk a little bit about uh, the different conditions and and how what you do helps those?
1: Absolutely. And and, and I always I'm very careful uh, the way that I answer this question because I see a tremendous wide range of health problems that come into my office. I don't want to imply that I cure anything or that, you know, that I it's a guarantee that I'll fix everything, but when right. you think about it and again it goes back to the simplicity we were talking about earlier, all of those conditions all tie into the function of the nervous system. And so, if there's interference within that brain-body communication, it can literally wreak havoc. So that's why such a wide range of health conditions tend to respond extremely well uh, in my office. So, you know, migraines and fibromyalgia are neurological conditions. Um, I've done a lot of work recently with um, people that have been suffering from Lyme disease,
2: which seems, for some reason, very hard to diagnose.
1: Well, and it's and it's 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 but it's also extremely similar to the path that I went on. If there isn't a name for it or if there isn't a test for it or if there isn't an easy diagnosis for it, oftentimes these people slip through the cracks. Right. I actually just read a, an, a very interesting article that came out of Stanford that a patient gave me um, yesterday where a, a, a patient that they had come in to see a, a specialist, uh, a neurological specialist, suffered for years in the exact same way that, that I was suffering and that a lot of Lyme disease, a lot of fibromyalgia, where they just can't pinpoint or they can't find anything specifically wrong, those tend to be the people that I'm able to help the most because it it really comes down and, and, you know, I know that I've repeated it multiple times and, but it really is that simple. If your nervous system isn't functioning like it should, it will often show up as things that are extremely difficult to diagnose. Right, right.
2: And who's to say that everyone, you know, is always going to suffer from something that's already been researched and studied and, Mm -hmm. and you know, that there's, uh, cures for or preventative right. care. Right. Um, I, I was curious at uh, if somebody is not able for whatever reason to come and see you. Now, I understand a lot of what you do is covered from insurance, but some of it is not. Um, if you offer certain types of preventative care or exercises or something that people can do at home that's going to benefit them should they not be able to come in and have, you know, um, experience your your treatment
1: yeah absolutely the, and and that's a great question and and um, you know i i spend a lot of time talking with people about the value of their health um, and how important it is and and sometimes what the cost of just trying to mask the symptoms um, can be over a lifetime versus actually correcting the cause of a problem um, and and you know i and, and i know that most of my other colleagues um, that i work with will figure out a way to be able to make sure that that The person that needs the care will find a way to be able to get it to them. But if they can't come in for any reason, all of my patients get uh, a significant amount of uh, x-rays, postural habits that we encourage them to change, ergonomics, um, and a lot of different lifestyle habits, if you will, on how to be able to sort of operate day to day to be able to um, try to stay as proactive as possible. And that's one of my goals in my office is most of the time people come into my office in a reactive mode, right? They have some type of symptom or health problem. And right. I work to be able to get them to the point where it becomes proactive. It's much easier to take care of your health when you still have it as opposed to once you've lost it or you've lost some type of function. So right, right. that's a big thing that I try to educate my patients with whenever they do come in is is understanding um, keeping your body in a in an optimal state of health right. is a much easier way to be right and symptoms you know symptoms often don't appear for two, five, ten years down the line when there is some sort of dysfunction going on within the body. So just not just having symptoms does not indicate that you're a healthy person. Right. I, I actually had a, a skiing accident, which I won't share what actually
2: <laughs> happened, but <laughs> five years later, I've got this frozen shoulder, mm-hmm. which I'm here. And for some reason it's more common with women. Why is this frozen shoulder so common with women?
1: You know, I don't know if I, if I know the answer to that, but but what I do know, and you, you're saying that it happened five years ago, right, and you probably uh, didn't right. have any symptoms at the time. Or, I mean, it or, hurt
2: that day, but then it went away. Then
1: it went away. And yeah. that's what, you know, a lot of um, people that are in auto accidents or, you know, just fell on the ice or have had long-term postural habits, nothing shows up for years and they think that they're fine. And then when they finally, something sort of triggers them, triggers those symptoms to start happening. Um, you know, then it becomes a little bit more of a challenge because there has been some sort of dysfunction um, for many years. That's why I advocate even if you're you're hit from behind or you run into someone at going less than five miles an hour, it can still have a very detrimental effect onto your alignment and ultimately on the function of your nervous system. Even if you don't have symptoms, it's important to be able to come in and get checked yeah. um, to make sure that, that you are really, truly healthy.
2: Right. And so you mentioned x-rays. So you do do x-rays in your office, or do you have to...
1: I don't have them in my office, although okay. I'm licensed to be able to do so. I just don't have the the equipment in my office yet, so I work with a facility that's uh, close by my office and work very closely with them. Uh, once a patient comes into my office and if I do feel that I can help them, then I will... Um, in most situations, uh, require x-rays before we'll move forward so um, with So
2: you have the experience to read the x-rays? You do? Okay. Yes.
1: Yes. Many, many hours um, of, of my training was spent reading x-rays. Um, and that's an interesting thing that, that a lot of people may not know about chiropractic is that from a clinical and an education perspective, mm-hmm. um, it's almost identical to that of an MD program as far as the courses and the classes and things that are taken. Where we start to differ is um, looking at things like surgery or pharmacology and, and different um, types of you know, when you start looking at how we approach treatment. Right. But when you look at the, the foundations and the basics, um, actually chiropractic has um, a more intense, um, rigorous, um, academic side to it.
2: Okay. Do, yeah. do you get involved at all in um, prescribing natural remedies or um, supplements Um, That seems to be fairly common with some of the chiropractic um, I I don't.
1: My philosophy is that uh, I want to be an expert at upper cervical chiropractic um, and leave that expertise when it's needed Mm -hmm. um, to people that are focused in that area. Certainly I'm fascinated by it and interested in it from um, how it can work with what I do or from a personal standpoint of, of my health journey. Um, but at this time, I refer out um, anytime I feel that a different modality is is needed. And that's
2: great. You mm-hmm. know, you're do, you're doing one thing and you're focusing on one thing and you're and you're doing it well.
1: Well, and, and yes, absolutely. And and I like to think of myself as a patient advocate, where I'll work really hard um, if a patient needs another, whether it's um, the proper type of exercise or nutrition, like you mentioned, or any type of other. Um, modalities or any areas where they might be deficient in. Of, I've worked really hard to build a network of people in the area that I trust and know that when I send someone to them, they'll get the right advice and they'll they'll get the right help that they need. And so I try to be as much of a patient advocate as I possibly can as well yeah. for the patients that come in my that's office. That's
2: great. Do you have employees or you do you work by yourself? Other than mom, who's helped you with uh, the aesthetics.
1: Other than, other than uh, mom and, and the rest of my family that's extremely supportive. <laughs> um, I, I do have an assistant in the, in the office um, that helps me with... The day-to-day management of uh, of the parts that come around with running a business. Yeah. Yes, yes. And, you yeah. know,
2: if we could talk about that briefly because, uh, you know, a lot of what this show is about is really um, giving advice and tips and encouragement for mm-hmm. women who are looking to run their own business. And um, it's not just about the chiropractic, it's yeah. the book work and the accounting and, and the marketing and, mm-hmm. um, what kinds of things do you do? I, I think you have a really wonderful website. Oh, thank you. Yes. I think it's very simple. It's laid out. Um, it, it's easy to read, um, as far as it's a field that, you know, people don't know about, but you explain things very well. Who helped you with the website for instance?
1: I, The biggest advice that I can give is try to delegate as much as possible to the experts in whatever realm that it is. So my website is actually from a a chiropractic service. Um, A lot of my patients think that I'm up in the middle of the night writing all the great uh, newsletter articles that come out. Um, I have a service and they're experts in that area. They manage that website for well, me. Who would have
2: thought? I right.
1: Now, now the content, my, the personal content, I had a um, wonderful PR person uh, that's in the area. She wrote the content. She, I, I always say it, what I say needs translation, right? So, right, uh, you know, right. she was able to take um, my story and my message and what I do and be able to, um, to put it in, in beautiful words. And right. so I had someone do that. Um, I have an amazing uh, CPA firm that takes care of all of my books, all of my reports, all of my taxes, so that I don't have to be up in the middle of the night. I can be focused on learning uh, more about the function of the nervous system or more about how I can better take care of my patients while somebody else is handling that piece of it. Right. Um, And the same with with marketing. In, In any areas that I can possibly delegate, um, I really try hard to be able to do that. No, it's hard because I care so much about all of it. It's really hard to let a lot of that go. Well, you um, can have input, but I think
2: it's, yeah. it's it's very important, like you say, to to do that to delegate so that you can really focus your time on what what your expertise is. Yeah. So you're not Superwoman because people will you know assume that you're doing all these things at one time, and um, it's really hard to do it well.
1: Right. You you can't do it well, and you, can't. you know, perfect. I just had um um. The person that helps me with a lot of my marketing, he just dropped off my brochures yesterday, my new brochures. And, of course, I had the input and, you know, final approval and those types of things. But I had someone help me with the writing. He obviously managed the layout and that whole piece of it. And the, um, even though it cost me X number of dollars, if you look at how long it would have taken me and the vast difference in the professionalism of the product, right? Um, you know, hands down, that was money well spent right. um, to be able to communicate and get the message out. So um, as much as possible, if you can delegate, that's the key.
2: Right. And I think it's important um, that you're kind of, you know, that people use the word brand all the time, mm-hmm. you know, y- your brand, your, um, your practice, and it's important to have people help you as you said, put into words why you're different, you know, what it is that you do that is unique.
1: Yes, absolutely. But I will say, don't let people take you off of your purpose for why you're doing what you're doing and make sure that you stay true to who you are and why you're doing a particular thing and don't get caught up too much in the branding. I think if you stay authentic to who you are, those people can help you to be able to, um, channel that message and and direct it in, in a more effective way. Um, but if you try to get too gimmicky or you try to get too far outside of what your comfort zone and, and too far away from who you truly are then you can get yourself in trouble that way. So, you know, everything down to the the colors of my logo and the design of my logo, people ask, who designed that for you and how did they come up with it? I was like, well, I did because it's what I liked. I just told them these are my favorite colors. Yeah, exactly. So then you'll love that.
2: I agree. I agree. It has has to all encompass you and who you are. Yeah. Um, Yeah. We are almost out of time. So before the show ends, if you could share your... Uh, contact information with the listeners.
1: So, if somebody's listening and they want to get in touch with you, great. Absolutely. My the office phone number is six one zero three four one nine three zero zero. Again, that's six one zero three four one nine three zero zero. Our website is www.restorechiropractic.com That's R E S T O R E dot com. That probably took most of the hour that we had there. (laughs) And we're also on uh, Facebook. So you can look for us on Facebook and and Twitter and the social media. You can find us through there as well. That's great.
2: Thank you so much for coming in today. That was really interesting. I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Well, that's it, gang, for this week of Women to Watch. Um, I appreciate you tuning in. And again, my name is Susan Rocco, and I'm the host of Women to Watch here on 1180 WFYL. And please, if you're listening and you'd like to come into the studio and share with us what your business is doing, I would love to hear from you. So feel free to call me at 215-313-5561 or send me an email to srocco233 at gmail. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week.